Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. We know your life will be changed for the better by listening to God's word. If you'd like to know more about Trinity Beaumont or contribute to our ministry, please visit www.trinitybeaumont.com. You got to, I got to wake you up some kind of way here. (laughs) Um, Well, without uh, further ado, I'd love to uh, introduce our wonderful pastor, Caitlin, Caitlin Wilson. Good morning, church. How are you guys doing this morning? I love to see your, your faces. They make me excited and happy. But that's because I'm an extrovert, right? Uh, If I was an introvert, I don't know how I'd feel right now. Scared. Extra scared, right? Anybody? Yes. (laughs) Thank you. I knew somebody up there would agree with me. All right, so today we're going to continue talking about faith. And we're going to, we have a series called Bible Basics that is happening all year long, possibly. Uh, I'm just saying it in faith because I really like it. Um, Bible basics, because we really want to make sure that we are grounded in the Word of God this year. Yes, we um, we love the Spirit and the Word, but we have to have both, and they have to work and partner together. So this year, um, we're doing Bible basics, and right now we're talking about faith. And so I just wanted to recap, because I like to recap, because sometimes people aren't here, or it's good to remember, because how many of you have been like, wow, that was a good sermon? And then somebody was like, well, what was it about? And you're like, (sighs) definitely done that a thousand times. So you're not alone. Um, So that's why I like to recap, so we can kind of just get back on the same page after a whole week of uh, stuff, work and stuff, right? So two weeks ago, we talked about having a faith shift, right? And faith is something that we've probably all heard about our whole life, but it's not always something that we understand how we can put into action. And so faith, faith, my, excuse me, guys. The number one point two weeks ago we talked about is that faith can never rest upon an outcome. It has to rest upon Jesus because if it rests upon an outcome, then it's, you're going to get disappointed because we live in a broken world. Things don't happen exactly like we think they should happen or want them to happen. And so we're going to get disappointed if our faith is not in Jesus. And with disappointment comes like a loss of hope and a loss of faith And that's why I think a lot of times people lose their faith in God and stop going to church because they're disappointed in the outcome because they had their faith in that outcome. They they said, God's going to come through in this way, and he didn't come through in the way that they thought he would. And so they, they lost their faith in God. Not that it can't be restored. I'm just saying a lot of times it's because the outcome, the faith was in the outcome The faith was not in Jesus Christ. So faith is not found in what you're believing for. It's found in who you're believing in. So no matter what happens, we have to believe and trust that he 
has our best interest at heart, that he loves us no matter what happens. Even if we can't understand it here, we have to trust his heart, right? And so we talked about how there's two ways to get faith. One is really uh, familiar. It's in Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But there's also one that's in Hebrews 12 talking about that Jesus Christ is the author and the finisher of our faith. And so when we look to Jesus, we're able to uh, build our faith because when our intimacy with Jesus becomes more and more and more stable, secure, when you, when you have that intimacy with Jesus and you spend time with him, you're able to trust him, right? When you, get to, when you start a relationship with somebody, you don't automatically trust them 100%, right? Even in relationships where you've been married for years and years, sometimes you don't trust that person 100%, right? Whenever you have a baby, it starts over because you're like, oh, that's a baby. That's my baby, <laughs> right? And you have to learn to trust that person again that they will, do, they will have the best interests for you and for that baby, right? And so God, when we, when we look to Jesus, we have to, when we build that intimacy with Jesus, it's laying that foundation of trust that he is never going to leave us. He's never going to forsake us. He is, he's not like any man. He's not, he is fully God and fully human, but he's, he's fully God. He's not like a man that would lie or that you couldn't trust or that makes mistakes. <laughs> he's so good. He is good. He's love. He is the embodiment of love. And so trust and intimacy has to be built there. And that is another way that we can build our faith and our trust in him. And then last week, Andrew continued on with our wavy faith. That's what he called his message. And wavy faith is the permission. He talked about Peter and Jesus in the boat. It's the permission to walk on water, to get out of the boat and be who he's, called, he's made you to be. be. Do what he's called you to do and when and where he's called you to do it. No matter if that's a little thing right now or if that's a big step right now. Making those, we talked about making those steps, stepping by faith every single day, walking by faith. That's what we're supposed to walk by faith. But if we're just standing still, how can we walk by faith? Well, just we're standing by faith. Well, we're supposed to stand in faith, right? But we also have to walk, and He's going to uh, direct our steps, right? So what you're in, you're going to reflect what you're in front of. This is one of Andrew's zingers. We always like to say, ooh, that's a zinger. (laughs) Uh, So you're going to reflect what you're in front of, and you don't reflect things on accident. So if you're not in front of Jesus, if you're not in his face, if you're not seeking him, then you're probably not going to reflect him, at least not, especially not all the time. (laughs) If you're in front of the TV all the time or in front of... um, (laughs) gossiping all the time or in front of um, discord all the time that's what you're going to reflect that's what you're going to you're going to be a part of right so we have to have that intimacy with Jesus we have to be able to reflect him and we're not going to reflect if we're not in front of him (laughs) right okay and faith is not a muscle you flex flex here's another zinger guys faith is not a muscle you flex but a person that you reflect. So when we reflect on Jesus and put our faith 
in Jesus and reflect upon him, then we start to reflect him to the world, right? When we're, when we're in his face, then we start to reflect him to the world. And that's what it's all about, right? And so today we're going to continue to just shift our mindset onto Jesus. And we're going to talk about daily faith. So faith is complete. This is the dictionary version. Faith is complete trust or confidence in someone or something. Do, I mean, I can ask you guys, I don't, maybe you'll be honest. Do you have complete faith or trust in Jesus about everything? (laughs) You can say yes, like you can say yes, but if you really stop to think about it, how many times do we take something and say, oh, nope, Lord, you can't control that. Uh, I think finances is probably one of the biggest things that people hold on to so tightly because they have a plan. This is how it's going to happen. This is how they're going to pay this. This is how they're going to do this. This is what they're going to save. But he is so much bigger than your plans and having faith in him means when he says to do something or to give something or he speaks to you about something concerning whatever area, obeying, trusting, you trust him enough to obey, right? We, ta- we said last, a couple weeks ago, it's not that God, it's not, the question is not, if, is God faithful? Is it, are we faithful to him? Because we know he's faithful. Of course, we have those kinks to work out, like I just said. We have kinks to work out because we have, different things that we're holding on to control. We're holding on to things and saying, oop, no, you, I don't think you can handle that yet, God, or you can't see that part of me yet, God. Or, but we have to let him take it all. We have to have faith, complete trust in him. But the only way we're going to do that is to have intimacy with him and walk with him daily. So today we're talking about daily faith. Um, I wanted to mention this because it'll make sense in a minute. I'll just read it to you. (laughs) According to an article by Harvard University researcher Trevor Haynes, when you get a social media notification on your phone, your brain sends a chemical messenger called dopamine along a reward pathway that makes you feel good. (laughs) So no wonder that so many people are addicted to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, people are liking what they say or what they do or what they post or how, you know, they're real or TikTok. TikTok is big now. Sometimes there's, so I'm not saying all the time, but sometimes there's no feeling attached to daily faith. <laughs> when you get up in the morning and you drag yourself out of bed and you say, I'm going to spend time with you and I'm going to get in front of your face, Lord. Sometimes the only feeling there is, is where's the coffee? <laughs> I want to go back to sleep, Right. But it doesn't have to have, if it do, and, and sometimes I think that we think if it doesn't have a feeling to it, attached to it, it's not authentic, it's not real. We're just making ourselves do it, so, so it's not, it's not a, there's no point to it. Daily faith doesn't have to be, have a feeling always attached to it. Whenever I get up and I, whenever I go to, um, go to dinner with Andrew, sometimes it's exciting, sometimes it's just dinner. <laughs> 
doesn't always have a feeling, a great, exciting feeling attached to it, right? And so whenever you start, especially at the beginning, if you're just beginning your walk or you're beginning, you're starting out again in your walk, or if you, you know, you, you kind of got distracted, at the first, it doesn't always have a huge feeling to it. <laughs> you have to quiet your mind. You have to give it time. <laughs> give him space to speak. I feel like sometimes we just think like, okay, I'm going to sit down. God, here's your moment to speak. Okay, he didn't say anything. All right, I'm done. I got to go check this, right? <laughs> we give him a small, small little minuscule part of our lives or our time and everything else is continued to be filled up with other things and so daily faith faith has to be a discipline at first probably (laughs) and I and I don't mean that because I don't want to use the word discipline and you think oh I'm never going to feel anything. The Lord's never going to speak to me, and I just have to do it. No, you're, you're going to get results. The Lord is going to speak to you. You're going to begin to feel and understand and fully appreciate and be moved by his sacrifice on the cross. <laughs> but you have to allow yourself that space for your daily faith, right? Right? Anyone agree? (laughs) And we are so busy with everything. That's just the world we live in. We used to not have TVs or phones or computers or, not me, but, you know, back in the day. The good old days, my dad would say. Kids used to, you know, ride their bikes until 9 o'clock at night Moms would make food every night. Thank God I don't have to do that anymore. (laughs) It was a different time, and there was more space. But now, just today, as as the days grow, uh, and we continue on, and we have more and more technology filling up our senses and more screens in our home than ever before, we have to make that daily space for the Lord. And it doesn't sound fun sometimes. <laughs> and I'm saying this because I want to encourage you. Because sometimes we, it's, it is literally something we have to say. Turn it off. Literally get in your closet and spend time with him. Talk to him. Read the word. But let him speak to you. Give him time to speak to you through the word or through the spirit, worship. (laughs) It's that intimacy that's going to help us. It's going to help us reflect his heart to the world. It's going to help us be unified with other believers. (laughs) And that's going to minister to the world. If we look just like the world and we're busy just like the world and we have no time for anything, we don't make time for the Lord, we, look, we end up looking just like the world except a little cleaner, 
right? <laughs> and we don't want to do that. <laughs> we want to be witnesses for him. We want our daily faith to be lived out loud, not just lived out passively. <laughs> and so sometimes we have to make a choice that even when we don't feel like it, we're going to get in his face and we're going to say, hey, I'm here. <laughs> And this is hard, but Lord, speak to me. I'm your servant. I'm your friend. Your friend is here. Your child is here. Speak to me. And being aware of his presence throughout the day, not just making that first daily faith, oh, I'm done, check it off your list. I don't want it to be disciplined like that. But being aware of his presence and his his presence and just the weightiness of him every day, all day, just so that when he can speak to you, when he speaks to you, that you listen and that you obey and that you don't reason it out and you don't say, oh, that doesn't make sense, but that you already spent time with him. So you're able to say, that's him. (laughs) He's speaking and just do it right away. And you're not scared of anybody or anything. You're just obedient, and this is a relationship. It's a walk. It's a partnership with him. And so daily faith is sometimes hard, I'm going to tell you in advance, so you're not like, got saved, all right, got to do this daily faith thing, and it's not not like you thought it would be, and so now you're going to give up. Don't do that. (laughs) It's hard (laughs) sometimes, but it gets easier Once you get in a relationship with someone and you spend lots of time with them, doesn't it get easier and you feel like relaxed when you're with them and you're like able to just like open up very easily and you can just talk to them about anything and you can, it's just an easier to flow. And I think, I know that that's how the Lord wants to work with us and he wants to be that close to us. It's really, really worth it. And nobody's going to be looking at your daily discipline. <laughs> nobody's going to be looking at that daily faith because that's a time with just you and the Lord. And I think that's sometimes hard for us because we like want to post a picture of the Bible and the, the best scripture. And <laughs> I'm not saying you should never post any of that. I'm just saying we have to make that like our secret time, our, our, our time with him. And it's so important. It's so important. I can't like, I can't reiterate it enough that it's just so, so important. The enemy, we have an enemy. If you're a Christian, you have an enemy. It's not your neighbor. (laughs) It's Satan. (laughs) And the enemy isn't afraid of our monthly faith or our weekly faith or our Christmas and Easter faith or our passive faith that just goes to church and listens to 90, what is it, 89.3? That was an old school one. Sorry, I don't remember. I don't listen to the radio that much. But he's not afraid of your passive faith. You're not actively telling anybody about the Lord. You're not reflecting who the Lord is. We're just, we have a culture, a Christianity culture, and we're just sitting there in, in that culture and just, oh, this is what we do. This is, you know, this is the music we listen to. We don't cuss. We don't, <laughs> it's, it's all of that. But the enemy's not afraid of that. You're comfortable there. You're comfortable there. And when you're comfortable, I'm sorry to say, but you're probably not in the right spot. Christianity's not comfortable. It's worth it. It's wonderful. 
You have joy and peace like no other, but it's not always comfortable. And you're always going to be continually, continually, is that a word? (laughs) Continuing to grow and grow and grow. And to grow, like even when you're at the gym, to grow, you have to stretch, right? You have to do larger weights. I don't know nothing about the gym, y'all. You have to do larger, I'm just going to be honest here. You have to do larger weights, right? Continually going up and up and up to grow. And that hurts. You have to like, tear apart your muscles and then they build back stronger and it's awful and it hurts. That's why I don't go to the gym very much. Help it. (laughs) Working on it. But it's not always easy and it's not always comfortable, but it is important to grow, right? All right, we're going to begin to talk. Sorry, I'm going to give you scripture. We are a Bible church, okay? (laughs) So we're going to talk in Mark 4. We're going to start in Mark 4, verse 3. And Jesus was teaching by the lake, and a very large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into a boat. And he sat in the boat while all the people remained on the shore. And he taught them by telling him one of many stories in the form of parables. He said, listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed, and as he scattered it across his field, some of the seed fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plant soon wilted under the hot sun. And since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants, so they produced no grain. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they sprouted, grew, and produced a crop that was 6, 30, 60, and even 100 times as much had been planted. And he said, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Later, when they were alone, the 12 disciples were like, what the heck did you talk? What was that? What did you mean? And so he said, okay, I will explain it more for you guys. (laughs) He said, the farmer plants seed. This is verse 14. Sorry, we're skipping. The farmer plants seed by taking God's word to others. And the seed that fell on the footpath represents those that hear the message only to have Satan come at once and take it all away. And so the footpath, we're going to stop there for a second. And the footpath is like damaged ground, right? It might have been once fertile soil, but now it's damaged ground. It's, it's damaged because of maybe just life. <laughs> life damaged it. You have a lot of, you, maybe you had your faith in an outcome and you didn't see that outcome and so now that's damaged ground that you have to, we have to recover. <laughs> we have to work on. Maybe it's something that you just never thought that the Lord could ever take care of. Or you, you just, in your natural thinking, you just didn't give that to the Lord or let him even work on it. <laughs> Sometimes I hear people say like, oh, this is just how I am. But that doesn't have to be how you are. Yes, the Lord made us all like with different personalities that are very unique and amazing. But it doesn't just have to be how you are. Some of that stuff like anxiety, that's running rampant. And I think it has to do with all the busyness and all the 75,000 screens we have in our house. (laughs) That anxiety doesn't have to stay a part of who you are. 
But I think sometimes it's that damaged ground, and we don't even we don't even allow the Lord to look at it or to 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 pick it up, or to we don't even give it to the Lord. We don't say, "Hey, could you help me with this?" Satan just comes in, he swoops the word because you're like, "Nope, that's just how I am. That's just how things are." Right? Anybody ever been there? <laughs> yeah, me too. And so. I just want to reiterate this. The seed is the word of God. (laughs) And how does faith come? By hearing the word of God. And so when we're talking about the seed that the farmer is sowing, it's the word of God. So when you hear the word of God about certain circumstances or things in your life, and it's on that footpath, and you're like, oh, that's not me. That can't be me because that's just part of who I am. That's what we're talking about. So you're not able to receive that word you're not able to build your faith there because it's damaged ground and you haven't let you haven't given it back to the Lord to like help him till that till that back up and work on it with you, right? That's what he wants to do. Let's continue to 16. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. So this is another, this is another way. We could have several different types of soil in our life. That's what I believe. Because you could have fertile soil for one area of your life, and you could have that damaged footpath, right, for another area of your life. This one, I feel like sometimes this is me, actually. <laughs> Whenever you don't have deep, deep roots, when you hear the word, you're like, wow, that's amazing. Did you know this? Like you tell your friend, like, did you hear about this? This is in the word of God. But because you don't have your roots down deep and you're walking in daily faith and you're not, and you're putting your trust in him, it doesn't last long. And so whenever stuff comes in, you have problems or you don't see the Lord just quickly take care of that thing, even though you know it's in the word, that word is taken away from you. And it's not able to produce anything, right? Let's keep going. 18. The seed that fell among the thorns represents others who hear God's word, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life. There's a lot of those these days, huh? (laughs) The lure of wealth and the desire for other things, so no fruit is produced. So they hear God's word, but other things are just more important. And how many times do we do that? We hear the word, and we're excited about the word, but other things are just more important, and we forget about the word. It's like, it just, nothing happens. So no fruit is produced. And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as one planted. So we want that last one to be us, right? We want that last one to be who we are, that we, when we hear the word of God, we accept him at his word, and we're able to produce a harvest of maybe even 100-fold, <laughs> And so when we're, we want to be working on our soil, the soil of our heart and our mind, and we want to be recognizing 
what's damaged. So that's number one. We're going to have four points here for you guys because we want to we do some inner work. <laughs> and you're going to have to maybe take this home and do it um, because you can't, you might not be able to identify everything here, but in, even the Lord, he can help you identify things. He can, when you get in that closet or in that, that special place with him, you can ask him, hey, help me. So number one is to identify the damage. We have to identify the damage. What are the lies I believe, Blake, can you put number one up? What are the lies that I believe about myself that I'm just this way? That the Lord couldn't, he doesn't, either he's not willing to handle that or he's not able to handle that. Those are lies. We have to identify what lies that we're believing. And that might be taking, yeah, you might have to get in the word for that. (laughs) Just a heads up, you know, so just letting you know. Number two, we have to remain in his love and grow deep roots. And what do roots do? They remain, right? (laughs) Isn't that funny? I actually heard somebody talk about this and they were saying they were saying exactly that. What what are, what do roots do? They remain no matter what. If you pull up a root, it's not going to be able to grow. And it's not going it definitely not going to be able to grow deep. So we have to remain in his love. Let's go look at John 15 verse 5 through 9. And he said, yes, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Andrew, you can come up. Those who remain in me, and I am them, will produce much fruit. (laughs) For apart from me, you can do nothing. How many of us still think we can do something apart from him? (laughs) I know I do a lot of the time, and I need to work on that. I'm just going to be open and transparent with you. Not trying to do it purposely, but I just, you know, you just forge ahead and you forget to ask him. <laughs> so from apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, You are my disciples, and this brings great glory to my Father. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. And so that's number two. We have to remain in his love and grow those deep roots. (laughs) We have to remain in his love, and that's going to take that daily faith, that daily discipline. Because we have to, I mean... I, <laughs> intimacy with God is not just intimacy. Do, intimacy doesn't come just like you. You can go grab it at the Walgreens. <laughs> intimacy, intimacy has to be a time where you remain with Him, and you grow those roots down deep. And no matter what the church does to hurt you, what stupid people say that offend you, you can't let those things steal you away from his love and you can't let those things stay and produce bitterness in your heart because then you're going to have hard ground. You're going to continue to make hard ground. 
Your heart, heart's going to get hardened. And so we have to remain in his love and let our roots in him grow deep and deep. That's what he said. He loves us even as the Father has loved him. Remain in Jesus' love. These are in red. That means he's saying it. <laughs> he said it. Remain in my love. And when you remain in his love and you abide with him, you produce much fruit. <laughs> and that's what we want to do, right? We want to produce fruit that shows the world, that can help the world. We can do lots of things in the natural for the world, but there are some things that God has to do, and he can do them through you. He can do those things. Number three is we have to prune distractions. We have to prune distractions, whether that be friends that are distracting us from the Lord, whether that's social media, whether that's our coworkers, whether that's sometimes it's your job. I'm not saying quit your job necessarily. I'm just saying you have to take account of what's distracting you. Maybe you're overworking and you're not letting the Lord, trusting the Lord for your finances. You're saying, I'm my provider. <laughs> if you're your provider, that's it. You're your provider. <laughs> You've got to hand that control over to the Lord. He wants to be your provider. He's already said he's going to provide for you. You've got to put that faith in him, that trust. And so we have to prune those distractions, get rid of things that take our focus off of the Lord. Anything that takes our focus from him, we should prune. And I don't like to be a, I don't like to ruin everybody's fun, but this is important. <laughs> and so if that means fasting something for months on end, just to get in his face and be able to be intimate with him again, or for the first time ever, do it. <laughs> Cut that thing off. Get rid of it. You can do it. And number four, we're just going to go back and we're going to reflect on Jesus. He's the author and the finish of our, finisher of our faith. And we reflect in him and have intimacy with him and abide in him and remain in his love. Then we produce fruit. <laughs> in our lives and we produce it where people can see it <laughs> it affects our life but it not only affects our life it affects other people's life and we're not living just for ourselves are we we're living for the Lord <laughs> and the Lord has asked us to be his hands and feet <laughs> so Galatians 5:22, this is the kind of fruit that abiding in him, I didn't give you this one, Blake, I'm sorry. The kind of fruit that abiding in him will produce is love. <laughs> who wants, who needs and wants more love? <laughs> Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. We've been talking about having faith, having faithfulness to him and faithfulness to other people. Gentleness and self-control. 
and there is no law against these things. There's no, there's not, there's never too much of those things. You can never have too much love or goodness or faithfulness or kindness. <laughs> and so today, I just want you guys to reflect upon him. I want you to do those four things. Hopefully you wrote them down. If not, I'll, you can get with me. I'll tell you them still. I'm nice like that. <laughs> but identifying the damage, remaining in his love, letting your roots in him grow deep, pruning all the distractions and reflecting on him. And I know you're like, well, what does that have to do with faith? It has everything to do with your faith because this is a daily faith walk with him. And as you reflect on him and trust him and put your faith in him and get rid of distractions, you prune things that don't need to be there. Your faith is going to grow in him. And he loves to delight in his kids. He loves to love on you. Even in this scripture about abiding, he says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you can ask for anything you want. And I'm not trying to be a prosperity preacher here, but he loves you and he wants to delight in you. And he says, when you spend time with me, I love to delight and pour my love on you. Just like with my, my child, She's so young right now, but eventually I'm going to want to do all the things for her and buy her all the things she wants. When she asks with that pure heart, I'm going to grant it to her. And we were made in his identity and his image. And so I don't think it's far off to say that he doesn't feel the same way about us, that he wants, to, he wants us to have things that we want. He wants to provide for us. He wants to love on us, even if we think they're silly. But most of all, he wants that intimacy with, with us. He wants that face-to-face -face time with us. And he wants us to grow our faith in him. And that's how you're going to do it. I think that a lot of times, myself included, I get, I get impatient. <laughs> and I want to control things. And I want to be able to just do it. Just, I want it to just download into me and I'm just there. There we are. We're just good. <laughs> We're close again. <laughs> We're super close now. <laughs> I want to control it. When we did, we did a thing called the Whole30 a few years ago, I just almost went nuts because I couldn't control. My food was being, I couldn't control what I ate anymore. It was like you couldn't eat sugar, dairy, wheat, nuts. It was, you couldn't eat nothing basically. But I, I so desperately wanted to control something in my life that I was like, let's go get a big screen TV. Let's go buy this. Let's do this. Like, I cut my own hair. <laughs> but this takes patience. So you might feel nuts at first. <laughs> because you can't control it. It's a relationship. And you just have to be there. You have to be available <laughs> to be available to him, to hear what he says, to do what he asks you to do, to be who he made you and called you to be. So I know this is like, it's a good message, but it's also kind of hard because it takes us like slowing down in our fast-paced life <laughs> and it makes us 
say, what is most important? Is it my faith or is it this other things? Because a lot of times we're making idols of other things in our life and we don't even realize it. So I want you guys to just stand up. We're going to worship. We're going to worship. We just have time with Jesus. So the altars are open if you want to just spend time at your chair, at your seat, or at the altar. Our prayer team is going to come down if you need prayer for anything at all. If you just want just someone to pray with you because you haven't felt close to God, whatever it is, the altar is going to be open for you to pray at, or you can come and pray with somebody. But let's just worship together, worship the king. He's our king, he's our brother, he's our friend. He's so, so, so good. (laughs) He's so worthy of our love and our admiration. Oh, and he wants to spend time with you. He passionately pursues you. He's pursuing you now.
is not my own.
sing this with me. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his wonderful grace.
This is such awesome time, such an awesome time of ministry, and we want you guys to to keep to keep receiving or come and ask for prayer if you'd like to do so. Um, but I just want to encourage you before we close out this service to continue to reflect upon Jesus, because when we reflect upon Him, we're able to do everything else that Pastor Caitlin was talking about. Amen. So as we leave today, I would encourage you to go love God, love people, and lead well. Have a good week.